Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. And just because sheltering in place is still a thing, two and a half months later, I feel like. Well, two and a half months for me, personally. But we're still being safe, boys. And I got my man's Freddy. And we're also there. staying spoopy. Still staying spoopy. Always and forever. Also known as Nighty Night. David was not able to make this episode, even though we had to push this episode back a lot. But that's completely fine, David. You are in our spirits, and we hope you're doing well over there. Awesome. So, we are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film and discuss and break down the ultimate question, why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the dark- darkness envelope you. You can support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife. That's night with a what? K. That's a K. By pledging on Patreon, you have access to the show as early as Monday. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. Now, our second film, because we, we, we fucking hit you guys with a banger for this beginning of this month. By the way, this is our summer month. It is June. The sun is blazing. You're probably still stuck inside. Who knows? Wherever you're living, hopefully you're being safe. But this is Dead in the Sun month. And keeping things going with Dead in the Sun month, we're talking about the descent. Whoa. First and foremost, thoughts. Ooh, okay. So I feel like maybe I've never seen this movie or I've seen it so long ago that I don't remember a lot of it. So it was very mm. refreshing, very claustrophobic. Uh, the movie itself is filmed really well. I would like, I would love to say the movie or like the camera angles were spot on. Mm-hmm. It made it feel oh, 100%. Like more claustrophobic, and it has like, like if you like pause it, it looks like it's very artistic. It's like a very artistic yeah. shot. Uh, acting is pretty 100%. good. Uh, all of the characters. The acting's are phenomenal in this. Pretty solid. I, I would do have to say I did put subtitles on because the accents were a little hard to understand. But understand for you. Other than that, this was a pretty solid scary movie. That's completely fair. Yeah, I absolutely adore this movie. I have always found this movie to be super fascinating. And I this is one of those movies, though, that if you've seen part two, it kind of ruins all of the great shit that happens in part one in a way. Um, but besides part, part two being, being a thing, I think it's awesome with this movie just as a standalone film in general. And I agree with you. Like a lot of these shots are crazy artistic. The sound and sound design's incredible. And it, it's, it's a really fun movie to, to watch and look at and be a part of it looks like, but there are some very cheesy things that happen in this movie. I mean, there's some pretty cheesy CGI and stuff like that, but other than that, like the the blood in this movie is ridiculous. Insane. The, yeah. the, it's like it, like it turns into a, a a slight action movie at at one point, which is awesome. And it's just it's such a fun movie. This movie is just a lot of fun, and I think that um, I think that's something to attest to, especially coming out in the times that this came out back in two thousand and six, right? Like. 2006, we we were getting a lot of like the more torture porn kind of phase of things with uh, and remakes. We were getting a lot of remakes, so this was uh, incredibly refreshing uh, upon that whole thing too. But we were getting Saw. Uh, we had Hostel, part of this Cabin Fever, a few years before that as well, and 
then we also had the boom of all of these different types of uh, remakes. We we got fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which we will be watching next. Um, and we also got uh, just a whole bunch of different interesting things during this time frame, and and, and even a lot of like uh, Korean horror and and J pop horror and and all this whole other stuff. And it's fascinating to, that this particular movie came out at the time that it did. Uh, I feel like this movie would have done really well now, especially now. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. No, this movie did a really good job. It's got some good reviews too, uh, rightfully oh, so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they did a good job with the cast too. I, I all the characters are very believable. It's like I've met people like mm-hmm. this. Uh, yeah, like you said, a little cheesy at some points, but even like the creature design is pretty cool. Uh, CGI creature design's fantastic. Yeah, CGI didn't take me out too much, which is good. But overall, no, and I, I think I think the reason why it doesn't take you out either is because of the fact that uh, it's so quick. Like they, they, there's only two main moments that I can see that are CGI based. True. And yeah. they're very quick. They they don't they don't last that long on screen. So that's uh I think that's one of the reasons why it's just like, okay, well that was a little cheesy, but it's over. So yeah. now back to the cool shit again. I think what but, helps this movie out too is the lighting. They use darkness pretty well. They use like not being able to see very well. So that's also very I agree. great movie tactic. So. Yeah. There's a lot of fun stuff that is a part of all of the way that they shot this movie and it's just fascinating how things um initially uh transition in this movie where you got you obviously got, right off the bat you know the type of group of friends that you're dealing with with these women um they're adventurous they're uh extremists at the same time and uh they 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 like the adrenaline rush and all this whole other stuff so they they're looking for that next rush so you you kind of get that sense of okay this makes sense as to why they would want to go spelunking or uh going routing themselves into a cave system or whatever like this makes sense but um it felt believable and I think that that's really hard for movies, especially nowadays, to to do. Um, well, in general, I feel like that's always been a problem for most movies. It's, it's like, can I believe this person that is acting on screen? Can I believe that they are legit in this situation? And can I believe that they are in danger? If I can, then that's a success to me. Um, and this movie definitely gave off that that sense of believability. And I fucking found it awesome i I absolutely love this movie and i i definitely could watch this movie over and over and over again and probably find new things about it too oh for sure yeah i agree on that too i feel like the rewatchability of this movie is definitely there uh it is pretty scary too i have to give it that definitely feel claustrophobic in many points of the movie as well so they did a great job with like all the camera angles 100 percent yeah and and this movie still kind of gets me i'm i I won't i'm not gonna lie like there are certain points in this movie where i was like wow yeah that is that is terrifying like that that would that would definitely scare me but um the claustrophobia aspect of it jeez like they did such a good job with the heavy breathing and uh going in tight corners and making you believe like fuck dude if these monsters don't kill them that shit will for sure the cool part about this movie is the fact that this movie didn't really need the creatures. This movie would have done really well as 
a sense of dread and not being able yeah. to get out. Just a survival the creatures movie. are just icing on the cake for me. Um, but yeah, just exactly. It's a survivor movie. And I like, I just really, really found that to be fascinating where I was just like, fuck, no wonder literally you don't see a creature for like 45 minutes of this movie. And once you, once you like are get, going in there, you're going through the aspect of holy shit, like they're not going to make it out of this based off of not even being able to find a way out or being stuck or whatever. And I would have been completely okay with this movie if it was just that. And the fact that we got fucking monsters and, and a lot of crazy shit, um, which we'll dive in uh, a little bit deeper with those monsters because those monsters were fascinating. They had like, even though they were kind of these creatures and they were humanoid and things like that, and they looked, they looked great. Um, they kind of had their own uh, civilization down there where they, do. they had specific rooms in the cave where it's like, oh, this is the room to eat. This is a room to maybe use the bathroom. This is a room to, 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 to sleep. And it, it was, it was also like they even had like their butcher room, like where, where they right. initially like the carcasses and all that whole other stuff kind of goes, um, not necessarily to eat, but to like store. and and save it for when it's time for dinner or whatever and i thought that was really fascinating where i was just like there's still like human tendencies to these creatures yes there was definitely intelligence into the creatures yeah but you can also tell there's that like savagery too where it's like oh this is like animal instincts it's like oh i don't know who you are but i'm about to attack you or like just start growling and try to pull this body away from you it felt like literally right, like, it's my food. Yeah, it's like, it's, like, <laughs> it's like I've seen like our dog over here like trying to steal some like pizza and I'm trying to grab it back. He's just growling at me. It's like that's the same shit. It's crazy. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah, no, that that definitely that's the exact same thing where it's like this isn't yours, this is mine kind of thing. Like it's it's interesting. Super interesting. But let's go ahead and jump into the plot. The descent. Directed by Neil Marshall, released August 4th of 2006, a runtime of one hour and 49 minutes, a budget of 3.5 million pounds, because this movie is actually from England, um, uh, $57.1 million made in the U.S., a score of 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. Now, before we even open up the movie, one question I do have. Whatever happened to Red Lions Gate? Like Red Lions Gate, all like what put out horror films all the time, and you knew like when you saw the Red Lions Gate logo, you're like, oh shit, this is gonna be a horror flick. Oh man, like this is gonna be interesting. <laughs> True. Like whatever happened to that? Like I, I like I can look into it. I, I thought that. Yeah, look into that because I, I definitely am interested to to know like what happened to Red Lions Gate or what happened to Lions Gate because I don't think I've seen a Lions Gate movie in a while. That's true too. <laughs> I think about it. You know, <laughs> maybe you know they maybe they went out of business. I'll give you a little fun fact. This director, I fucking Ooh. hate you. I don't like you. Uh oh. Uh oh. He made the worst movie of last year and probably one of my least favorite movies of all time. Hellboy. Uh oh. He made Hellboy. He made Hellboy. I do give you praise for this movie, though. You did a really good job. I'm sorry. I don't know if you're going to ever hear this, but just wanted to let you know. <laughs> you did a good job in the past. You need to work on your future. <laughs> well, it, it's also probably a thing of, of original originality, too, right? Like, yeah, for uh, sure. The Descent was a very original concept, and Hellboy was was made time and well not time and time again, but it, it it's literally two mediums that you can utilize to 
try to mimic Hellboy. You have the movies and you also have the graphic novels. So, you know, pick your poison, right? But whatever. I guess he chose his poison and it poisoned everyone else instead. <laughs> we opened with three women, Beth, Sarah, and Juno, doing some extreme water rafting. That shit looks scary as fuck, dude. I'm not, not with it. I'm about it. They're laughing, screaming, bumping in the rocks and shit. Man, you could do you, bro. <laughs> a little girl by the name of Jessie is calling slash waving to her mom, Sarah, while she is with her dad, Paul, on a bed of rocks. Slowing down and finding a spot to get off of the raft, Beth pushes Juno out of the raft while they head back to the dock and, you know, poking a little fun, having a little fun with it. I would have been pissed. Um... <laughs> I would just put a Debbie Downer in that whole situation. I don't like extreme shit like that. I'm not the like I don't find that adrenaline rushing for me. Like I don't I don't like that kind of stuff. But whatever. You know, people like it, so it's each their own. I'm half and half. If it has to do with heights, I won't do it. But if it's something else, I'm okay with it. So you won't go spelunking, but you'll do the water rafting. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. What if it, there's like a big like dip? on the water raft i mean i guess i guess you can't see it so i guess that that doesn't matter for you right uh i mean it's not like now, you're anticipating I'm not trying to fall fucking high too but you know i don't know <laughs> i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> oh see i'm changing this i'm changing this perspective everyone <laughs> water rafting scary paul helps juno get out of the water while sarah greets and hugs her daughter meanwhile paul is helping juno take off her wet equipment and you can definitely tell there's some type of fucking sexual tension going on here but we're not the only ones who notice it. Beth also notices that something is uh, something is odd of their odd attraction towards each other. Paul tells Jesse that is uh, it is time to go, and Sarah is going to go back to to help the other two girls or women, excuse me. But Beth tells her that uh, that they have everything covered here and to just go ahead and head out. In the car, Sarah is talking to Jess and once finished, tries to hold Paul's hand. She asks if he is okay, and then he tells her he. And then tells him that he has been seeming distant lately. While looking at Sarah, he tells her that he's fine and veers over to another car straight on. <laughs> and holy shit. The pipes from the top of the car crash through the window into Paul's head, instantly killing not only him, but also her daughter. Fades to black and we see a birthday cake that is meant for Jesse but flashes to Sarah in the hospital. Once Sarah awakes and realizes where she is, she starts taking off the IVs and heads into the hallway calling for her daughter. While doing so, the lights around her are going off one by one and this looks ominously terrifying. Like This just looks really, really cool and I right. love how it's just slowly... <laughs> Like, it's just a really, really fun effect of the lights going off one by one. I think this was, like, one of the first, like, shots where I was like, oh, wow, this is pretty well shot. <laughs> like, it's yeah, just, like, chasing absolutely. her down. It flips to her backside and it just follows her down the corridor. I was like, damn, okay. Perfectly shot. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's amazing of how well this was shot. And uh, one thing that I do really, really enjoy about that particular scene is that it reminds me, like, you see the inspiration in that one scene of uh multiple flicks and that's awesome like i i love i i saw a little bit of nightmare um nightmare on elm street in that i saw a little bit of um like, like hints of friday the 13th with kind of the exasperation aspect and uh the the dread of getting away it, it just felt really 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 classic to me 
And um, honestly, I would consider this film now a horror classic. And I still think this film is kind of buried in the weeds a little bit of people not checking it out. So, yeah, by all means, watch The Descent. Yeah, I agree. Uh while she's running down the hallway, uh, there, there's just getting a bed of darkness following her. She screams once more for her daughter, and Beth then catches her, and the lights turn back on. Uh, and this, and I even put here, this is phenomenally done. This is just very, very well done. Beth tells her that Jesse is gone, while Sarah is sobbing in her arms, and Juno is behind her, cry, uh, crying about the incident as well. And she's a bitch because she is not a good friend. <laughs> not a good friend at all. No way. Uh, you don't deserve to cry, Juno. Um, then title sequence. And it's cheesy as shit. Like the effect that is on the title, like makes it seem like this was a fan made movie. It's just not good at all. <laughs> But fair enough. Hey, yeah, it's true. It's 2006. But to me, that's not really I can't really say like, oh, because of 2006, because in 2004, you had Saw, which had a fantastic um, opener and title sequence. And after that, you you had other things like, I don't know, there's just so much that I felt like this did not need to use a fucking iMovie transition title sequence. I don't know. I digress. One year later, Beth is driving with Sarah towards Katoga. That sounds right. Katuga? Katuga. Chatuga. That sounds better. Chatuga National Park. Correct me if I'm wrong, everybody. I, if, if anyone is, is, is in that particular area of Chatuga National Park, wherever that is in the United States of America, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> um, Beth tells her that they don't have to do this and they can head back uh, in town to just relax. Sarah tells her that it's all, that she um, that she's all right, um, but she doesn't want to tell Juno. She tries to justify her actions while Beth is not having it. They pull they pull up to a cottage, and Juno um, is out in, on the front porch to greet them. She tells Sarah that Becca and Sam are inside, and and to go inside to say hi. Sarah is headed in, uh, to the door, but Juno uh, stays behind to ask Beth how Sarah is doing. Beth simply says she's here. And I, I think that's um, interesting because like we, we it's a year later. Yeah. And she she has had time to cope, but not like the way that we feel like she probably should have. Like, I mean, right. a year is still, still you know, fresh. Yeah. Like there, there are some wounds that are still open for sure. So it, it's interesting that like even Becca was like or not Becca. Beth was like, um you can go back if you need to. We, we don't have to do this and so on and so forth. But I don't know. Like, I just find it interesting that like this was, it was so soon. And I think that's what made this movie work really well of us following, um, uh, Sarah throughout the entirety of this movie, because you understand her pain and you understand probably something deeper is going on with her. Right. Which, this kind of gives the vibes of like midsummer a little bit. Ooh, wow, yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, you kind of you definitely do kind of get some of those vibes when uh with the desperation and and the sense of loss. Correct. Yeah, wow. Good good point, Freddie. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That's oh. what I'm here for." 
you know. <laughs> like when He's I saw like, the opening of this movie and like they're going off on an adventure in the middle of nowhere, I was like, oh, this is like Midsummer. How cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you guys might even be wondering, why do we have the descent on here for summer movies? Well, this is a vacation movie. So like this is a movie that initially is a sense of adventure and a sense of vacation. So not every movie we're going to do is technically going to be classified during the summer. So just a little heads up, everybody. This is just more so like, hey, vacation, so on and so forth. Crazy shits happen. Blah, blah, blah. Sarah goes inside the cabin, but not before a deep breath and greets Becca and Sam playing uh, playing a game. All the women are sharing salutations and Sarah th- uh, thanks Sam for the letter. And Sarah, or, or excuse me, Sam apologizes uh, for not being able to make it to the funeral because she had midterms for med school. They all congratulate Sam on her successes and on track of becoming a doctor in one year time. Holly comes out of the room and introduces herself to all the women. They start reminiscing about their previous endeavors and cheers to more life. Um, I thought it was interesting with Holly. I did not like her as a character. And I think the reason why I didn't like her as a character, she just seemed like one of those people who came off way too strong. And she seemed like she was maybe the youngest in the group. So she probably had a little bit more immaturity than everybody else. Okay, but yeah. I can see that. I, I, I don't know. And she just left a bad taste in my mouth from beginning to when things happen. <laughs> we'll get to it. Um, cut to Holly and Becca outside smoking a cigarette, talking about caving. Juno comes outside and tells her how awesome tomorrow is going to be. The women are all back in the cabin having a good laugh at Beth's pajamas that she got for Christmas. Um, I thought they were cute. Yeah, they were pretty cute. As cute as, cute <laughs> as she like, is. They're cute pajamas. What? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, well, the, it, it, it's crazy because all the women in this movie were like oddly really attractive. <laughs> like when and, you said oddly. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's because of the it's because like you would assume that most of them would have kind of this more grungy aspect to them. This more kind of more uh, and like no offense to anyone else, but like just like this more grungy type of feel to them this more i guess a dirtiness to them but like they were all kind of pristine and clean even though they had this sense of adventure and and it goes to show don't judge a book by its cover right but um yeah like all the women were just very pretty in this movie absolutely um uh and it's actually funny because uh holly is probably the most attractive one to me even though she's the most annoying to me (laughs) oh yeah yeah. i was in judo Yeah, Juno. Juno's very pretty. Um, it's the Pacific Islander aspect, yeah. probably. Uh, cut to Holly and Becca outside smoking a cigarette. Um, talking about Kevin. Oh shit! I already said that part. <laughs> uh, while they are having a laugh, Becca asks Holly about um about. Oh, excuse me. Becca asks Holly if she has a boyfriend. Um, Holly cracks a joke and says, "I'm into uh, sports or something like I'm in." Uh, or she fucks sports is what she says. She says, "I fuck sports." And she's like, kind of like Juno. Um, so I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> this is when I was um, like, let me put the subtitles on. I don't know what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. That's completely fair. It was probably around Cut this to point. Sarah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. Cut to Sarah awake, looking at Beth asleep. She goes over to the window and hears her daughter, Jessica, laughing. Then a pipe flies through the window and goes through her eye. God damn. That was, a good that scene. was terrifying. Yeah. That was a great scene. It was completely unexpected. Like it was, it was so 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 fun. 
Um, but she's actually having a nightmare and she wakes up to only realize that she is having just that. Next day, Juno is having a jog outside uh, and making it back to the cabin. She is knocking on the door to wake up all the other women um, that they can begin their adventure. Um, she's very excited. She tells Holly and Sam that they're leaving at seven and to not be late while she stretches her legs over her head. All right. It was very sexually seductive. <laughs> but hey, you know if you if you got it, go go ahead, do you, boo? Holly mocks up her, uh, mocks her, and tries to imitate her, but falls to the ground before she can get her leg over her head. Uh, we see Sarah taking p- uh, pills that she leaves on her nightstand before leaving out of the room. And this also probably goes to another thing with like maybe her hallucinations and all that whole other stuff. I'm sure this has something to do with that. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um. All the women are outside and and they are getting ready to take a group photo before they leave to the cave. The photo is taken and we are off on one of the most intense hours in a 2006 horror film. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this, it, it, yeah. it was very intense. It, it, it's a very intense time. Very. Because, by the way, everybody, this is maybe 20 minutes into the movie. So, like, this is, like, a lot of movie has happened already. Yeah. So... We have a like, backstory. Is, we have this, everything. Exactly. So a lot of movie has happened already. We're we're almost to the halfway point of this movie, and we still have gone to the cave. We or we have still yet to have gone to the cave. So bear with it. While they are driving, Sarah is one of the is the one in the driver's seat, and she is driving pretty fucking fast. Beth is in the back seat telling her to slow down, but Sarah continues to continues uh, that she is having fun and Juno agrees with her Sarah tells Beth that she is having a good time and a layoff meanwhile Holly Sam and Becca are in the car behind them following them uh, uh, to the cave Sam asks Becca if she is going if she has gone spelunking in this particular cave before Becca tells her that this is considered a level two cave and that it's relatively safe and not to worry Holly makes a remark on on that being boring because it's and she made a play on words with uh boreham and she's like more like boring caves and i was like wow freddy joke yeah. <laughs> <Love> it. <laughs> it was it was so funny because like it, it like when it happened and that i kind of did that that meme of uh leonardo dicaprio when he's smoking a cigarette and once upon a time in hollywood yeah. he's pointing at the screen like that that that's what popped to my head i was just like freddy <laughs> <laughs> While doing so, Juno decides to make the bright the bright decision of putting the Borum Caves booklet in oh excuse me. Uh they da, 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 they make it to the location and start getting out of the cars to gather their gear. While doing so, Juno decides to make the bright decision of putting the Borum Caves booklet inside the glove compartment in the car. She does not take it with her to a cave that they've never been to before. But it doesn't matter, because as we soon find out, <laughs> they gather all of their equipment and Juno tells them that they should uh, get moving since they are running a little late. They start their ascension to the mount- to the mouth of the cave. Um, I haven't put here, dude, fuck this. I don't know how people can find this shit uh, to be fun, but that's just me personally. Like, I, I don't I don't like tight spaces. I don't I don't want to crawl through caves. I don't like being damp. I don't like being moistened. While while crawling through things, I I, I like to be dry, oh, and if I moisten, I would like full full blown submerge inside of a pool of some kind, not cave water. 
Just saying. That's fair. It's scary and doesn't feel comfortable at all. Uh, I like this. Freddie, would you, Freddie? Would you do this? The I, I like genuine question. Would you go caving if you don't have to like descend that far deep? You, you know what I mean? Like the height, no, you the have heights, to. I'm saying, heights. I'm saying you have to. I mean, because like, like I've I've walked through a cave before. Yeah, I've, I've done do it that. a few times actually, and and that's fine. But that's not caving. I, I like caving. It's like full blown. You you got to practice and and like have fucking carabiners and shit no i don't i don't know what you take caving like but (laughs) spelunking gear uh, yeah spelunking gear like you you need you need fucking ice axes and all that stuff like would you do that me personally no i would not yeah i would just go through a cave and i can see the other end it's called a tunnel maybe i'll go through that that'd be kind of cool (laughs) Uh, I'll go tunneling. <laughs> I'll go tunneling. Uh, preferably in a car going from Pacifica to like Half Moon Bay. There's a nice little tunnel there. Uh, There's a nice tunnel there. You can see right through it. <laughs> those are the best. Or beach caves yep, those, where it's just open, but it's not really a cave. Yeah, those are cool too. Yeah, those are nice. Those are real nice. I, I have fun for a quick story. I, I And a lot of people don't know this about me, but I actually stayed in Australia for a whole summer. Or around that, around that whole area. I, I've, I've, when I was there in Australia, I went to New Zealand, and um, from New Zealand, I went to uh, Fiji, and then Australia. I stayed for the remainder of my time. But I did this when I was sixteen, and I did this completely alone. And when I did this, I was like, okay, I, I'm staying with this family or whatever in New Zealand, and that was an experience of its own. It was on a farm, and that was my first time on a farm. But they took me caving or not caving, but they took me to a tunnel system and there are these worms on the ceiling of the tunnel and they were bioluminescent. So they would glow and it glue your whole path for the whole remainder of being in the tunnel. That's pretty. So it was, yeah, it was really fucking cool. So the tunnel was lit by these worms. So you didn't need a light. It was really, really cool. Uh, but I was 16 at the time, and 16. If you if you guys um, know my age currently, uh, uh, that would be you guess it, folks. The same year that this movie came out. <laughs> so I did not watch this movie before doing that. I probably wouldn't have gone in that tunnel if I watched this movie. That's but that true. is what it is. <laughs> um. While they are walking, one of the women asks Juno if they are almost there, and she tells tells them that they are almost to the river that is next to the entrance. They are all wondering how Juno knew that the river was, was there, and Becca chimes in, telling them that Juno checked out the route a week ago. She goes over a set of rules. Rule one, file a flight plan and stick to it. Rule two, don't wander off. You can get dehydrated, disoriented, etc., etc. Um, and she continues. She goes pretty on and on and on about all the things that can happen to you. Yeah. Which sounded terrible. Um, while going over the rules, one of the women just files it under nagging with, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Becca continues on all of the horrible things that can happen to you while caving. A murder of crows a fly off of a carcass of um, that they are munching on, and Holly decides to get a few shots of the dead animal. The other woman is are scolding her for wanting to take the pictures of the dead of the dead animal. Now I even put her. I was like, leave her alone. Damn, she's excited. <laughs> She's never done this before. I God guess. damn, leave her alone. 
<laughs> just trying to document everything. She literally was trying to document everything. That's true. Like it's crazy. I much respect to her for trying to do that. They make it to the mouth of the cave, and they are worried by the depth of this particular cave. One of my favorite lines in the movie comes from this this exact moment. Quote. I'm an English teacher, not a fucking Tomb Raider. I love it. <laughs> Cut to them getting all the equipment installed so they can start their descent, get it, into the cave while Juno is giving them a list of instructions. Juno goes down first and yells to them that this place is absolutely gorgeous. Beth and Sarah are next to go down, then Holly coming down ridiculously fast. Yeah. Like I said. I am not a fan of her. <laughs> she's dangerous. Like, she, she's a loose cannon. She's like, uh man. One thing that I do think that this movie does particularly well, you think that you're going to have something I like to consider an, an opposite trope. And the reason why I call it an opposite trope is because you, you think of the trope of you have the jock, you have the, uh, the hot chick or whatever, um, you have the nerd, and you have the dude who's always stoned, and you may have one kind of loose cannon incorporated into all of that. But this movie starts off that way, where you kind of have the jock, which they're all women, obviously, but you kind of have the jock who is Juno and Holly, right? Like, those are kind of our our two main jockey yeah, characters of this sure. particular film. We don't have a stoner, but we do have a nerd. Actually, take that back. Um, we, we might have a stoner. I, I, I don't know who would particularly be that, but we, uh, it could probably be <laughs> any one Becca. of them. Yeah, well, any one of them. Well, technically, uh, they're all stoners because they're all getting the high off life doing the spelunking. No, 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 no. But yeah, I, I don't know. I thought this was going to be more of a reverse trope, but the thing that this movie does beautifully is that it deletes those tropes altogether and it makes its own. And that is genius. And really hard to do. Really, really hard to do. Yeah. Because um, I know some people even think about like, oh, uh, you kind of have the damsel in distress situation with the final girl. Well, here's the fucking thing, everybody. Every girl in this movie could be the final girl. Because everyone's the woman. So it, it doesn't necessarily matter. So it deletes that damsel in distress situation completely out of the window. It just throws it out of the window. And it's fantastic. I love it. Juno is not happy and tells her that they need to do this safely and need to follow her lead. Lastly, Sam and Becca come down. Sarah is looking around the cave and notices a bloody handprint on the rock. Should have been your first sign to turn around. She continues walking until the fakest colony of bats fly out of a hole in a section of the cave and fly up out of the mouth of the cave. Yeah, that, that was pretty bad. Didn't look it was bad. It was it was pretty bad, but at the same time, it wasn't horrible. Like in two thousand and five or six or whatever, we probably wouldn't have batted an eye too much at that. Um, which is fine. Like I, I feel like that that's actually pretty cool. Um, us pretty pretty much like thinking like okay, that that was probably like one of the worst portions of the CGI behind this movie for sure. Um, and by the way, guys, if you guys hear me saying like 2006, 2005, um, this movie technically came out in 2005 in the UK. Um, so w us in the US, we got it in uh, 2006. So just a, a fair warning if I jump back and forth. Um, not even a warning. It's just just a little heads up. Just what it is. 
It is what it is. She continues walking <laughs> and scaring the shit out of Sarah. Juno is trying to calm her down. Meanwhile, Holly is recording the bats flying out of the cave while making fun of the situation until Beth tells her to literally fuck off. <laughs> Sam asks which way to um, head next. Uh, Juno tells her that the, that they have to head downward through a piping system of cave, of rocks. They start the descent even further to the crust of the earth while going deeper and deeper. You and you really sense the that feeling of claustrophobia right here. Like, oh man, oh for sure. And this is where you hear the beauty of the sound design and the beauty of how this is filmed in general, um, where they're really close up to the women to where you, all you see is like their face and then the rocks and the tight space. And then they're also all breathing very heavily and it gives you that sense of, um, exasperation and it's, it's super, super intriguing. They make it to a location where Juno sparks a flare of the, uh, the cavernous surroundings and, um, I don't know if you noticed this, Freddie, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you if you if you saw something in the bottom left corner, if you had a keen eye in this particular moment. Um, I don't remember, so I don't think so. Yeah, you probably you probably didn't see it because it definitely you it would have stuck with you if you did. Uh, this is the scariest part in the movie for me, um, mainly because you see one how big this cave system actually is. And how many different types of tunnels you can go through and, and holes and all that stuff. And it just looks it looks like danger. Um, but two, you also see someone slouched over on the left hand side on all fours. Huh. <laughs> That's crazy. Just just chilling while they're all walking around and, and they're just kind of sitting there. And it's fucking terrifying like i the i didn't catch it the first initial watch but my second watch i I remember seeing it um and this was my third time watching it so i was like oh let me make sure if i saw what i actually saw and yep it just sent chills down my spine and i was like whoa i like that damn that yeah i love little tiny details like that i absolutely love that really really well done easter eggs that the director puts in I like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're f- and it's fun. It's really fun. All the women are stoked at what they are seeing and go to explore their surroundings a bit more. Sarah's looking around and she hears her daughter's laughter once again. She decides to go check it out further without letting anyone else know in her group. She comes to a cutoff section, but nothing is truly there. Juno jumps down and startles Sarah, but uh, she jokingly asks if she's found anything. Sarah laughs at her startling actions, but brushes it off. The group of women are sitting down having lunch while Holly is still taking pictures. Juno asks Sarah if she is going to eat, but she tells her that she isn't hungry. Huh? Should I? Uh, Concerned, Juno asks if she is doing okay. Juno apologizes to Sarah that she didn't stick around longer after the incident and says that she, uh, that she is here for her if she needs if she needs anything. Sarah tells her that she uh, she is just feeling a bit jet lag. And um, that she is just going to look around a bit more. Juno, with a uh, concerning smile, asks for her to look for a place that they should go next. Holly's nosy ass asks Juno about Sarah and asks what's going on with her situation. Juno tells her that she's fine and we are back with Sarah looking around for the next passageway. She finds it and all the women start heading over to it. The passage is quite small, and Becca tells Juno that she doesn't like this. And Becca continues saying that she isn't, um, she isn't, 
excuse me, Becca continues saying that this isn't how she imagined it from the book. And Juno tells her that's why she doesn't trust books, because it leaves too much to the imagination. Well, fuck. Well, well, That is like a huge red flag. And that should have been the moment where Becca should have been like, nah, dude, let me see that book. Like, hold on. Let let me see that book. Let Let me check this out really quick, because that's a tiny hole. And this is supposed to be a level two. Exactly. Like, I would I would assume level twos would mean uh, moderate to large holes <laughs> that you can go inside of. Probably crouching holes, not crawling holes. But whatever they have to they have to crawl and slither through all these holes, and it it's that's scary. <laughs> no, for sure. And it's like like you said, it's not big at all the the whole like they make it look super small and super claustrophobic that they're like inching their way forward that they're barely getting through that there's like water that they have to get past i'm like damn someone could just yeah. drown like right now it's like yeah there's seriously. so many things where i was like oh so much can go wrong it's like yeah, yeah why wouldn't they look at the book just to be sure but whatever it's part of the movie yeah. and it's like I, I, hey they trust the system right. they trust each other as they shouldn't right. because, you know, we'll we find out later, but yeah. Yeah. Crazy. That's true. That's true. Yeah, they definitely should have held their trust a little bit more higher. But Holly goes into the tiny hole first, squeezing in and out of the uh, certain crevices while the other women wait for her mark to call them. Eventually, she makes her way through and calls for the other women to begin their further descent. Juno, Beth, Sam, and Becca are next in with Sarah being the last one. While Sarah is getting ready to head inside the hole, she hears the laughter once more. Beth and Sarah are still in the hole and Sarah gets stuck. Beth gets uh Beth calls out to her and Sarah tells her that she is stuck, but Beth yells to the rest of the group that Sarah is stuck while she is trying to calm her down. Sarah is trying to control her breathing, but she can't get a hold of her breath. Uh Beth crawls back down to Sarah to help her Uh, to help her through the process of becoming unstuck. She's coaching Sarah through the crevice and tells her a little joke to help her lighten the mood. While doing so, uh, there is a shift in the rocks above which starts to make... uh, which starts to make its way on top of them. Beth, share, uh, Beth tells Sarah to forget the rope bag and to start moving out of the hole now. Sarah squirms out of the crevice while Beth is pulling her towards her. We fade to Jesse's birthday cake shortly afterwards. But we hear the coughing of the women and the sound of debris falling behind them. All of the dust in the air... all. All of the dust is in the air, and Becca is checking if everyone is okay. They ask what the plan is, and Becca starts telling them that this cave system has three ways in and out. This was just one of them. She looks over to Juno and asks for confirmation, but Juno is quiet. Becca yells for Juno to check the book. Juno tells them that she didn't bring it because she thought there would be no point. Becca, obviously pissed, tells her that she knew something felt off about this cave. She tells the rest of the group that this is not Borum Cave. That alone would have sent me spiraling. Like, having all of my trust into this one person to take me to a cave system that is technically a safe system. To be in a cave that they have no idea where the fuck they even are. Goddamn. So shady. Like how? Like what would you have done? Like, like I mean, there's not much you can do, right? Except try your best to work together now. 
but fuck, like, what do you do? Man, I would probably like stab her in the leg and leave her. Oh fuck! Just kidding. Just kidding. Dang. <laughs> that comes later. Dang. That comes later. <laughs> Juno sticking up with her decision yells that Holly was right about Borum Cave being a tourist trap. Holly steps in and tells her uh, to not uh, pin the blame on her for this shitty situation. Juno tries to continue justifying her decision and she tells him that the cave is new and it's never been discovered before. And she wanted to discover it with her friends. Well, bitch, tell us that. Like, what the fuck? Let us have an all say so. Like, hey, there's this new cave system that I found. Would you guys like to discover it with me? True. And they might no. have been down. And they they probably have... would have been. And they probably would have been a lot more prepared. Correct. More <laughs> precautious and everything like that, for sure. Exactly. Like, people would have probably been a lot more relaxed. Like, Holly, for example. Because Holly was thinking that this cave was an intermediate was a, 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 a moderate to intermediate cave or a beginner to intermediate cave which is probably why she was trying to make it more fun for herself which is why she was probably going so fast so that's one of those things like if it was if it were me I would have probably been a little bit more suspicious by the fact that no one else was there if this is such a popular cave so I would have been more suspicious. Like, why isn't anyone here yet? Why are why are our cars the only cars here? Well, it's not even so, that. Like, there's a lot of red flags. Like, you put your trust on that one person specifically, where it's like, oh yeah, you were supposed to alert whoever the organizers are in case like they don't come back. They go looking for you and stuff right. like that. They put like all the responsibility on one person, which is like right. terrible to do in general. Everyone has a different job. That's true. Everyone takes care of each other. That's the best way to do it, but. I think the whole team fucked up in a way as well. Just trusting this yeah. one person. I mean, she fucked up. Yeah, I agree with that. But you guys fucked up for putting it all on her too. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree. Like this isn't Juno's. This isn't all of Juno's fault. Yeah, it was fucked up that Juno kind of got them into this mess to begin with. But it's still everyone else's fault for not asking more questions. Just assuming that this is going to be a friendly trip or whatever. And knowing that your friend is unstable, her husband and her child died a year ago. Therefore, one, she's emotionally unstable. She's probably having PTSD. Well, we know she's having PTSD. She's fucking hallucinating. But it's all those those red flags where you're just like, maybe we shouldn't do this random cave system that no one's discovered before. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't. Right. <laughs> Holly steps in and tells her not to pin the blame on her. Um... While arguing, Sarah notices something, and you can hear scattering around the top portions of the rock. She continues searching for the source of the sound, but the rest of the group are on a mission to find a way out of the cave. And all fun and games, until you get lost in an undercover, undiscovered cave system. Man. Cut to the women going deeper into the system. Beth tells Sam to stop moving before she falls down a straight shot. And it's terrifying. That whole little thing down was just like straight down to just God knows what. Yeah. But man, that that was definitely a moment where I was like, oh, shit, like got a little queasy there. Um, They all make it to the ledge and look over the side. One of them picking up a rock and throwing it over to see how far the drop is. And spoilers, guys, it's far. Becca tells them she can't get a uh, she can't get a rope from one end of the ledge. She can get a rope from one end to the from the ledge to the other, um, so everyone can get across safely. 
She asks what, where the other rope bag is, and Beth tells them they lost it in the collapse. Becca, working with what she has, starts climbing those rocks with uh, like a jungle gym, putting these connectors, uh, uh, putting these connectors and carabiners in for, uh, for the ropes. Um, wow, she's very athletic. And this is this is just like caught me off guard on how athletic she was about to be. That's true. I yeah, didn't yeah. Ex- I didn't expect them to do that when I first saw this. I was just like, "Oh shit, she's going to climb up there and literally hang there and fucking use her body weight to hold herself up and put in these fucking connectors for a rope." Wow, that's intense. That's so insane. Struggling, she pushes forward and continues to put uh, put uh, the the uh, connectors in place. While doing so, she notices that there is already a hook for ro- uh, for rope placed in one of the rocks. Muttering to herself, Juno is asking her if she is okay and tries to encourage her to keep going. Becca makes it to the other side and asks for the rope so uh, so they can start going across. Holly quickly goes first. Sam next. Beth. Um, Sarah is is. Uh, Sarah is right, right before Juno, but Sarah asked Juno if all of this w- was about her. Um, uh, give me one second. I lost my spot. Oh, there it is. And Juno tells her that it was about them, but Sarah is not satisfied with that particular answer and starts making her way to the other side of the ledge. Sarah is about to throw the zip line back to Juno, but she unhooks the rope. The others are confused, but Juno tells them that tells them that they are going to need everything that they have, which she wasn't wrong. They need everything that they have. Uh, Juno starts free climbing her way and unhooking all of the hooks, but she isn't able to get a hook out of the rock and falls off. Oh my god! Right, that was a hard fall too. Tried to, it, yeah, dude. Like, and, and, and she doesn't fall off right away, right? Like, she kind of falls and her back kind of gets stuck on one of the hooks that's still inside of the rocks. Yeah, but that comes undone because Becca is trying to gain control over the sliding rope, but it burns through her skin literally cutting her hands completely open. And this is our first gory scene that we get in this movie. And this is kind of like one of those things where you're just like, oh, man. Because even though the car scene was pretty gory, it was still behind a headrest. So we didn't see like the impact of it going in and, and so on and so forth. But seeing her hand oh yeah, gushing blood from a rope burn? Super oh, messed up. God. Wow. She grabs it and uh, Sarah grabs it, but Juno Juno's rope is holding on the hook that was already present before. It doesn't hold, and she falls a bit more, hitting the ledge. They pull Juno up, and we get a glimpse of Becca's hand, and it's fucked up. It is fucked up. That <laughs> hand is done deal. Son. Yes, it is. Sam is badging is uh, bandaging up Becca while Beth and Sarah are talking to Juno about the hook that was found in the rock. Beth and Sarah see it as a sign of hope, but Juno crushes that hope by telling them that the hook is over 100 years old. And if anyone made it out of the cave, they would have named it by now. Juno yells for Holly to see if she if she sees anything. Um and that actually makes this even more interesting because you get a sense at this point in time of how uh, how these particular creatures evolved. And that's something that I've always thought was interesting. Like, do you think they've always lived here and they were like cavemen that just never truly left? Or do you think it was like the people who got lost 
and they just slowly started transitioning. It's weird because there's so many of them. So I would say right. It's like I a colony. Know. Do they ever explain it later on in the sequel or no? No. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think in the sequel, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think in the sequel it's like they uh, Sarah goes back because um, they find out that someone's actually still alive or something. I don't right. know. Something something happens. I for, I forget why they go back, but she goes back with a different team of people, and she's still super fucking badass because she knows this cave system a little bit more now, even though she's only been through it once. But she knows what to expect, and she she kind of warned people and so on and so forth. So it's still really it's an interesting watch. I, I actually still enjoy part two as well. Uh, part two came out, I want to say three years after this, maybe two thousand nine ish. Three years later, two thousand nine. I'm looking at it right Perfect. now. Perfect. Yeah. So the the descent part two is is still interesting, but the descent would have worked perfectly if it was just a standalone movie. Um. Juno yells for Holly if if she sees anything. Holly tells them that she sees something below them. They all head towards her and they and they shine the lights on the cave walls. There are cave drawings all over the wall. This is what made me, makes me think that they were like cavemen. That's um, true. Ju- yeah. Juno tells them that they need to keep moving because the batteries on their flashlights aren't going to last much longer. Beth tells Juno that to light one of the flares so they can get a better look at the wall. Um, Beth starts describing the drawings a little bit more to them and says that there are two way, two ways out, uh, or excuse me, there are two entrances that are painted on the actual, uh, rocks. They are stoked by this news and are eager to keep moving while on the way out of this area. One of my fucking favorite effects of all time in horror movies just happens. There's something hunched and slouched over while the camera is facing completely towards them, blurred out to where the women are actually in focus. And then you don't know, you think it's a part of the landscape until it starts to growl and you see the saliva spilling from its mouth. Yeah. And that's when you finally get your very first, holy shit, this movie is not what I expected (laughs) kind of situation. They come to to an area with multiple holes. Juno takes Holly's lighter to find a wind current through the holes. And this is really fucking smart, actually. She finds the right one, and Holly quickly jumps into the hole, squaring to find a way out. Juno yells for her to slow down, but she keeps her she keeps up her momentum. Holly yells that she could see daylight, and she begins to move even quicker. Dumb bitch. Uh, Juno yells that this isn't uh, daylight that she sees and catches Holly before she falls down a hole. She doesn't have a good grip on Holly, and she slips and falls through the hole. Holly's leg is broken, and the bone is pierced through the skin. Right. So disgusting. Of her leg. Really fucking gross. That's a hard fall. But that's not. It is. It is. And it, I feel like it's not even. It's not even like the last bit of, I guess, disgustingness from this movie. Oh, for sure not. Because um, yeah. this movie gets like mad gross. Um, the da, 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 the others head downward to Holly, and Sam is checking her leg. Sam tells them that they need to find something to create a splint. Sarah's behind the other woman, other women, um, and while she is gathering things to help, she hears Jesse's giggles once again, 
and goes off to see where this is coming from. Juno calls out to Sarah, but Becca and Sam are detouring her attention back to Holly at the moment. Sam tells Holly that she needs to push the bone um, back in um, in order to create a proper splint for her leg. <sighs> oh my god. Oh my god. Like you said, this movie didn't it, have to be a monster movie. It's, it's pretty horrifying by itself, but it's a good twist. 100%. And this is this is why I said that this is where you see so much of the inspiration from all these different types of flicks because this reminded me very much of the beginning the beginning of uh, the Exorcist because the Exorcist for an hour uh, or maybe more even that movie is literally just a medical movie and it the whole medical scene is more terrifying than the actual exorcism stuff in that movie and that's what this kind of reminded me of even though the monsters are still pretty pretty up there with their scare factor um it's just this movie did not need to be a monster movie but it just was the icing on the cake for horror fans it it, it reminds me of that one movie with james franco 147 hours oh yeah yeah, have you seen that uh yeah so that yeah yeah where he gets stuck and he has to cut something off yep Yep, yep, yep. Yep, yep. So, very once again, on. a movie that is very terrifying, but yet it's technically not a horror film, but it is still really terrifying based off of his situation. And it makes it worse because that's a true story. But back with Sarah, and she finds a helmet, but you can hear that something... It's a very old helmet, too. But you can hear that something is in the foreground slithering around next to her. And it sounds straight up like a snake. It sounds gross. Meanwhile, the rest of the group are working on getting Holly's leg back in order so they can persevere. They painfully get the splint onto her leg. Sarah finally hears the gurgling growls ahead of her, and she looks in that direction, shining her light in that specific area. There's a humanoid figure seemingly eating, and it doesn't notice Sarah right away, but it stops eating to look directly at her and then jumps back into the darkness. Now. This is actually very well done. The very first time you actually get to see the creature. And I guess they're dubbed crawlers. That's initially dubbed in the credit scene. Um, But like these crawlers are... The design is incredible. Like for you guys uh, wondering what what these things look like, they look like uh, an all white naked person with no genitalia no nothing nothing majorly showing down there um but their skin looks like saggy i don't know yeah like yeah saggy and and transparent that's what i mean their skin's like transparent like you could see their veins you could see uh like the blackingness of the bruising of their bodies probably because they have a lack of sunlight. So no vitamin D and stuff like that to kind of help them with, uh, uh, you know, skin shit. (laughs) But, uh, they also kind of look like Nosferatu and yeah, that's they look like, yeah, like, like they have like pointy ears and, and kind of these sharp teeth and they, they look like Nosferatu if he was naked, I guess. (laughs) So fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I, I think the creature design in this movie is tremendously well done. Just wow. Wow. Absolutely love the creature design in this movie. 
Juno comes up behind Sarah, startling her, and she tries to tell Juno that she saw something in the tunnel ahead. She, excuse me, she points to the light over that, uh, uh, she points to the light over in that direction, and Juno doesn't believe her. She tells her that there is nothing there, and she starts to head back to the others. Back with everyone, Sarah tells Beth that she saw a man in the cave, and the others tell Sarah that the main priority is to get Holly out of there. And I was thinking to myself, like, wasn't the main priority to just get all of you guys out of there? Right. So, like, that's still a priority. Um, let's not forget that this is no longer an adventure that we're doing this for fun. This is now survival. Like, <laughs> nobody seems to believe Sarah on what she saw, but Sarah tries her best to explain what she saw to the group still. They help Holly up and start painfully walking her out of the tunnel. Juno checks the wind currents again with the lighter, and they go to the tunnel on the right. The women climb up a ledge and... and when they make the way to the top, Beth asks, "What is this place?" And they are in uh, that they are in because there are bones all over the floor. Yeah, they're in their fucking dining room. Goddamn, <laughs> so sketch. That's when they realize there's Becca? something else going on for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I think at that point they're just like, "Okay, something is in here with us." Absolutely. Like we probably don't know what. But something is obviously in here with us because these carcasses and shit like that are all around us. And it's no way animals like a fucking boar is going to go inside of a cave because they're the instinct. Unless he was like, bored. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Becca asked Holly to turn on the infrared on her camera so they could get a better look around the area. Looking into the viewfinder on the camera, she notices that all the remains are from animals. Juno tries to uh, tries the lighter for another current, and they can't seem to find one. So they start uh, to <clears throat> they start to argue um, about which way that they need to go to next. Sarah starts screaming hello, and a few others start to join in. While Becca is looking through the viewfinder of the camera, you can see a humanoid creature standing right behind Sarah with their he- their head tilted to the side. Wow. Kind of cute. Might delete later. <laughs> now, this is the first official time you get that up-close um, look at one of these creatures. And... You could tell like something like like they're humanoid for sure, but you could tell like, okay, this is definitely not human though. Like I need to get the fuck away from this thing. Ah, <sighs> goddamn! The creature gets on all fours and circles around them, then heads the um, then heads to the ceiling of the cave. Juno lights a flare, and they are trying to gather themselves. Then they start uh, to walk in a particular direction, but stop when they hear the screeching of the screeching of the creatures. Juno and Sarah back up with every, everyone else again, then, and they realize that the creatures are circling them. You can hear like the chattering and, and so on and so forth around them. Sarah finds an area to start running, and Sarah tells Juno to get rid of the flare. Juno throws the flare, and they can run. Um, Juno throws the flare, but they run into one of the creatures. The creature design just looks phenomenal. Once again, guys, like... Holy shit. I can't get over how good these creatures look, oh, especially sure. in a mid 2000s uh, horror film. Yeah. Just look fantastic. The creature jumps on Holly and takes a fucking chunk out of her neck, killing her, but then scurrying away after the deed is done. 
Juno checks on Holly, but the creature pushes her off of Holly because uh, that is now food. Sarah dips out, and Beth is chasing her, telling her to continue running. Meanwhile, Juno is still fighting the creature off of Holly. She takes a swing at it with her... Um, her not pickaxe. God damn it. What is it called? Ice axe. Because uh, I put I put climbing hook, but that totally is not right. Uh, climbing <laughs> hook is like a carabiner. <laughs> she did not stab it with a carabiner. Um, it starts to growl at her, and another one jumps on her back. Fighting to now get uh, get that one off of her, Juno is able to kill it with, um, with the ice axe. Catching her breath, Juno hears something creeping up behind her, and she turns around without hesitation, swinging the axe, stabbing Beth directly in the neck. Dude, crazy scene. Scene is really fucking intense. Yeah, because but they don't shy away from showing it too. It's like you see it go right through her oh, back, yeah. and you're just staring at her you back. See her... It's like, uh, yeah, you fucked up. Oh yeah, you fucked so, up. Here's the thing. I'm actually gonna say this might be a hot take for some people. This is not Juno's fault. This is Beth's fault, and the reason why it turns into Juno's fault, but. This is Beth's fault. And the reason why I say that is because who the fuck, after you see this woman is fighting these fucking crazy creatures, why would you sneak up behind her? Why wouldn't you say something like, holy shit, are you okay? So they, so she knows that you're coming instead of walking behind her. Like, of course, like her reaction is just like, fuck, there's another one. Plain devil's advocate. Maybe she wasn't thinking she's speechless. She doesn't know what to do. And she just wants to get up and close to her and like feel protected or something. I don't know. Just plain devil's advocate. Stupid. There's a lot of stuff going on. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, regardless, sad. (laughs) True. True, true, true. Juno realizes what she has done. Beth drops to the ground and whispers to Juno to not leave her there while blood is pooling from her neck. And that's when it is Juno's fault. (laughs) Juno is slowly walking away from Beth, accepting that she cannot save her. Cut to Becca and Sam finding a place to stop and catch her breath. Sam is asking Becca about the others, and Becca tells her that it is time for them to go while lighting a glow glow stick. Walking away from that area, there's a crawler above them. Uh, fade to Jesse whispering for her mom and the camera moving towards Jesse, but then she, uh, but then she, hold on, I wrote that wrong. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fade to Jesse whispering for her mom and the camera moving towards Jesse, but then it changes into a crawler screaming into the camera. Fun jump scare, but uh, definitely didn't get me. Um. That's yeah, that's one of those jump scares where where I feel like why people have like problems with jump scares because when they do things like that where because it was really cheesy and it wasn't it wasn't done too well. Yeah. Like it, like that didn't feel rewarding. Um, but eh, it is what it is. Wake up with Sarah in front of the camera. She picks it up and looks through the viewfinder to see human bones and an animal carcass next to her. Before she can get her bearings, she hears the growling of creatures coming towards her. She po- uh, she posts up in a crevice holding the camera outward so she could still see her surroundings. Holly's body is thrown right in front of her and the creatures are st- all start having a feast. 
on her body. Howling, cackling, and deep guttural growls are heard throughout the carnage. Back with Becca and Sam, they are trying their best to figure out a way uh, um, to get out of the cave. Becca climbs upward, handing the glow stick to Sam. Sam is about to head up uh, with Becca and drops the glow stick, going down to, to pick it up. And she hears a screech from the creature and heads up without grabbing it. They hug each other very, very close. They're sisters. Um, so that made sense as to why they stuck together so long. Cause I was even thinking like, I was like, huh, why her for a bit? And then I remember, Oh yeah, she, they're sisters. I forgot. Right. They totally don't look anything alike. Uh, Becca is a blonde and Sam is a redhead and granted. Yes. Uh, the hair dye is a thing, but it just felt a little off that they were sisters and they were very different from each other. Meanwhile, Sarah is trying to, uh, trying her best to hold in her gullet while the creatures, um, oh, excuse me. Actually, I skipped the spot. Uh, da, 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 da. They hug each other close and they turn off the headlamp first. Meanwhile, Sarah is trying her best to hold in her gullet while the creatures feed on Holly. One of them head right into the lens because they hear her about to chuck them up. She was about to throw up on all that shit. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's... <laughs> It was gross. Uh, the crawler lets out a loud scream, and it stops screaming when Juno starts calling for Sarah. And then it head it head towards the sound of Juno's voice. Juno is using the lighter to find more wind currents that may help her find a way out. But she is still calling for Sarah while doing so. Sam and Becca are stowed away, but a crawler comes right on top of them. And they are trying their best to be quiet while it is screeching right in their face. They are trying to keep composure, but they notice that these creatures are actually blind. And the creature then crawls away um, up the shaft of the cave. Sam mentions that they can't see them. And then her stupid watch that she was messing around with earlier in the card ride to the cave starts alarming off. She frantically is trying to take it off of her wrist and she throws it to the ground. The creature turns around and goes up to the watch, startling itself from, for sounding off the alarm once again. Uh, back with Juno calling for Becca, Sam, and Sarah. The creature hears this and heads over towards Juno. Sarah gets out of the uh, out of her hiding place, hiding place, and she is searching for something useful. You can uh, and you can still hear Juno in the background while Sarah is carving and crafting something in the dark. She sees one of the creatures, which quiets her down. Sarah is apologizing to Holly's corpse, and she is ripping things off of her very violently. Yeah, but at least she's sorry about off, it, like clothes, right? Because was she ripping off, like, garment? Like, she was just ripping off, like, her clothes, right? So she can use it for the torch? Correct, yeah. Pretty much just getting okay. all the supplies yeah. off her. Right, because this scene is actually really dark. Uh, it's kind of It was kind of tough to see. Um, but, yeah, she she definitely did apologize. So, yeah. So she's good. She's good. Yeah, for she's sure. Yeah, just didn't desecrate this body. You could do whatever uh, you want. As long as you apologize, it's fine. That's right. Yes, you can punch an old person in the face, but if you say sorry about it, it's okay. <laughs> don't go, don't go around punching old people, everyone. Without Sarah's without apologizing to Holly's, without saying sorry, of course. Uh, Sarah, uh, Sam and Becca leave out uh, out of their hiding spot and start making their way to another location. Sarah starts clanking together the rope. 
Oh, man, excuse me. Uh, starts clinging together the rope hooks until she has her torch lit. And you can see, and you can now see all the carnage that is surrounding her. Cut back to Becca and Sam, making sure that they are, uh, that they have a clear path walking through. Becca tells Sam that it is clear and Sam goes ahead. She hears something, but doesn't say, but doesn't see anything and is about to follow Sam until a crawler springs in front of her. And this is actually, this one kind of made me laugh a little bit because it was like upside down foiling its arms. And I was like, oh my God, it's a inflatable uh, arm man. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's, I, I thought that was a little this, funny. This it gave like, me a little chuckle. The camera angles got a little funky, but it was kind of cool. It was so creative, but I was like, uh, uh, it's all right. I, I feel like I feel like this is where the the you started kind of realizing the turn of this movie transitioning itself into kind of an action film. A little bit, yeah. Because um, you you now starting to get to the point where it's like, okay, obviously they're trying to survive and they're trying to figure this out, but we got two kills in on these things. Like, things are about to fucking happen. And while trying to fight off the crawler, Juno actually throws her ice axe in the back of the creature, then snaps its fucking neck. Yep. So, like, this is definitely when things start kind of taking its turn a little bit for sure. Becca hugs Juno and Juno tells them that Beth has died alongside Holly. Sam kicks the creature out of anger and Juno asks her uh, what these things are. Sam tells them that they are blind and that they use sound to hunt, but they also evolved to live completely in the cave. Juno tells them that they uh, leave to gather their food and they bring it back to the cave. So she thinks that, uh, that she might have found a way out of the cave. This made me think a little bit is what if they used, which actually this makes more sense now, what if there wasn't technically another way out of the cave? What if they used the exact same entrance that they came in? Because they did technically see that corpse of that uh, animal when they were on the way to the right. cave. So they, they definitely used that route too. Absolutely. So, so I just found that really interesting. Uh, she continues telling them that she found the markings of the other uh, climbers and uh, uh, th that have co come down to this section here. And um, I still wouldn't believe her. I, I just wouldn't trust her at this point. I'm just just like after all of this shit, like and this is putting Beth aside, but this is just more. So it's just like after you brought us to a cave system that you lied about, first and foremost, I wouldn't believe anything you say. Where the fuck are these climbers markings? Like, show me those markings. Because they actually That's didn't true. show us. Yeah. So she also tells them that she isn't leaving without Sarah. Probably because she feels guilty. Back with Sarah finding a way out, out of here. Um, and then she hears the gasp of Beth underneath a carcass. Beth calls out to Sarah and Sarah tells her, tells her that she is going to find the other so she could come back and get her. Beth tells her to stay away from Juno because she did this to her. She continues to tell Sarah that she left her to not trust her and to find her own way out. Sarah tells her that she is not leaving here without her. Then Beth hands a necklace that was Juno's. Both uh, Beth tells her that it was from Paul. And now we put two and two together, everybody, that this bitch was fucking adulting. With Sarah's husband. Oh my god, oh my scandalous. God. Feed her to lions. Or tigers, I mean. Oh, scandalous. 
Just so you could, we couldn't add more shit to the fucking pile of shit that Sarah already had to deal with. Wow. Wow. Such trash. Said. Yeah. Terrible. Scum of the earth, even. Sarah starts to cry while Beth apologizes. They are they hear the creatures in the distance and Sarah's, Sarah tells Beth to come with her. Instead, Beth asks for her to euthanize her. Sarah hesitantly holds up a rock and caves her head in quickly and, and then quickly backs off of her and begins to cry. While she is sitting there, a baby fucking crawler jumps on her back and holy shit. Sarah wrestles to get this baby off of her, and then she crushes the skull with her fucking foot. (laughs) Dude. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Like I said, this movie just goes full action film, and I love it. Like, it's it's so fun to see her just snap. And, like, and it makes sense. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's not one of those things where it's just, like, all of a sudden she just snapped. No, there was a list of shit that was happening to her throughout this process that she, she was slowly going into a madness of some kind to where she was hallucinating. Now she's angry. And on top of her anger, she's trying to get the fuck out of here. So it, it like all of this just it makes so much sense as to why she became a badass so suddenly. Like, ah, man. Ugh. I love it. I fucking love it. Right. Uh, do you like that transition? Do you like this transition of just of comes out to of action like, in a way? Badassery? I mean, yeah, we've seen it in the past where we like say, but I feel like we've never really seen it in the same movie. Except maybe your next is one of those where it's like it plays from victim and then it goes right. straight to like, no, you're being the hunted one now. Um, right. The thing that came to mind was like alien and then aliens. Uh, Ooh, so aliens, it's man. a good what transition a, a of being hunted movie. and then you're like, going in and fighting them back and stuff like that. So I do like this transition. It was pretty cool to see like them actually standing up for themselves and fighting to survive rather than trying yeah. to just run and hide. Right. So, it was good. very, very well done. Yeah. And it's believable and, too. Like these girls are badasses. Yeah. Like they, they hold their own for sure. It's like, if I'm out, 100%. I'm out on the streets and I'm about to like rumble with some, I mean, I would like them on my team. It's all right. One hundred percent. Like I like uh, it's as crazy as this sounds. Like Sarah made me feel safe. Like Sarah made me feel like oh shit. Like we actually might get some hope out of this after she was just ruthless with that kill. Um, the mother of the baby, the mother of the of the baby crawler comes up to it and um starts sniffing for the life from the baby. Now, I'm assuming that this is the mother of the baby. Um, and the thing is, we can tell now. This is the first woman crawler that we've seen. So we now know like, okay, there's a sex to these uh, to these things and these things do mate as well. Um, Some are bald, but this one actually had a full head of hair and it also had breast as well. So it was very, very interesting to see. Like, I wish there would have been more of those. Like, I wish like they would have been in their chambers or something. And that would have been like, oh, shit, there's like a bunch of mothers inside of here and a bunch of like baby crawlers. Like, let's get the fuck out. Like, that would have been intense. But obviously, based off of the CGI of this movie and things like that, they probably couldn't afford that. But hey, it is what it is. The mother of the baby creature um, comes up to the baby uh, sniffing it. Um, When it realizes that it is dead, it notices where Sarah is and Sarah begins to run away. While running, she falls into an extremely bloody pool. 
Extremely bloody. Like, yeah. so bloody that there's still chunks in it, everyone. And by chunks, I mean chunks of flesh. <laughs> this is very intense. Very good description. <laughs> and it was very, me. very well done. <laughs> Yeah, uh, th- thank you, Freddie. Yeah. I try. I try to. I try to get pretty deep. In, in case someone hasn't seen the movie, yeah, it gets pretty chunky in there, like uh, like chili, but not really this chili you want to eat, like chili from Wendy's, right. where like, oh, you found a finger in it, that type of chili, you know. That was a myth. That was a myth. <laughs> Sarah slowly emerges from the water and she looks fucking badass as shit. She looks around a bit before trying to get back to her torch. The creature comes up uh, from behind her and Sarah smacks it off of her. It is still coming and she is able to reach a sharp bone and stabs the creature in the eye, dropping it back into the bloody water. I guess adding to it in a way now. While going for uh, for her torch again, another crawler comes up behind her. She plays dead and allows allows the crawler to literally use her as a posture to rest on while it sniffs around. Wow. How intense was this scene? Like, this scene, like, made me hold my breath. And that is very rare for me in a horror film. I held my breath for her, and wow, just done so so well. It's yeah, it's like oh my done gosh. nonchalantly, and like it's like right on top of her. It's like oh man, yeah, it's pretty cool. I like it. It's, a good, it's really really well done. Really good decision to put in the movie. I agree. I completely agree. Once over. Uh, or once it's over her, she grabs a, a, a club bone and starts bashing its head in. So that 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 is that we got three kills for her now. Goddamn. Well, technically four. She did kill Beth, but <laughs> so <laughs> back uh back with the other three. Juno is still looking for Sarah, but Becca and Sam um tell her to fig- forget about her. And I was like, what? Sketch. Oh my god. Like damn, some friends. Shit. They're all fucking scandalous. Fuck all of them at this point. Uh, While they are going through another crevice, Juno notices that there are a shit ton of creatures that are behind them. Juno yells for them to run run while the creatures chase them. Juno and Becca get separated from Sam. Sam is trying to cross over... Uh, over from uh, from yet another ledge with the little amount of tools that she has. She no longer has a rope. She just kind of has like one for her chest or her stomach, right? right. Like to, to kind of, uh, help her position herself up. Um, uh, she is trying to gain her, or excuse me, Sam is trying to cross over the ledge for the little mouth tools. She is trying to gain her composure and keeps moving. Juno and Becca make it to Sam and are telling her to come back to them because she doesn't have enough rope to make it across while yelling for her to come back. There's a creature above her that starts crawling and making its way down to Sam. She takes out a pocket knife to try to fight off the, the creature, but for some reason she actually puts the pocket knife in her mouth instead <laughs> of trying to fight it off right. with the pocket knife, but whatever. I I would assume the executive decision behind that was uh, for plot, I guess. Um, well, uh, Sam takes out the pocket knife even though she uh, she is missing a piece of her. Oh, excuse me. Um, the creature rips out a chunk of her neck 
And even though she is missing a piece of her neck, she still takes uh, takes time to stab the creature in the side, letting it drop between the edges. After this brutal, brutal attacking, Sam then just hangs there and bleeds completely out. And this is brutal to look at. Right. Like, it is quite the sight. She's like bent over backwards because she's using that that uh, rope mechanism to kind of hang herself to help her rest. But now she's resting in peace. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully I don't Good know. transition. You know? Rest in RP, guys. Rest in RP. While they are crying for the for the death of Sam, another creature grabs Becca's leg, and this just goes to prove my point that you don't have time to do this. I get it. It is terrible. Your little sister just died in front of you, but we don't have time. You gotta go. We gotta go. She made that mistake. Juno is trying to grab her back, but the crawler now has no time to waste and just starts fucking biting her stomach and ripping her insides out. Yeah, fuck. That was a crazy scene, And what too. does Juno do? Bounce. Juno does not cry about it. She fucking like, cool, all right, fuck, it's done. I'm, I'm out. And that's why I'm just like, I kind of have respect for Juno in most of this situation, um, but I don't have respect for her overall because don't fucking homewreck your best friend's life. Don't homewreck anyone's life. Just please. Ugh. Gross. Bad taste in my mouth. The creature that Sam stabbed is in the water, and then it wakes back up trying to attack her. Judo puts more pressure on the uh puts more pressure on the wound by re-stabbing the creature <laughs> with the knife already inside of its side. Um causing it to scream and breathe in water, which then allows it to drown. I thought that was such a cool kill. Right. No, no, that was like, really it, it was smart. Super smart. Super well done. And wow. That was just a, that was a genius kill. Uh, she gets to the surface gasping for air while trying to figure out what to do next. Juno goes over to a wall and starts climbing up the wall. She heads over to an opening and is about to fall back down until Sarah pulls her um, back in. Because Juno's probably super exhausted at this point in time. She's all types of fucked up now. Juno asks Sarah what happened to her, and Sarah starts asking about Becca and Beth. She um, as she didn't ask about Sam. That's that was true. also interesting. Yeah, she just asked about. She's like, where's, like, where's Rebecca? Where's my favorite? Like, oh. Where's my favorite bitch? <laughs> <laughs> she asks her if she saw her die, and Juno shakes her head that she did see her die, um, or nods her head. Yeah, shake is no, nods yes. Got it. Sarah tells her to. Quote, unquote, come on. And it's just like, you, you could tell something's off. Like, something has definitely switched in her head. Because um, she looks fucking insane. <laughs> she looks very, very, like, disassociated with the surroundings that's going on now. She's not scared anymore. She's very determined. Like, wow. Um, they they start going through the passageways, looking for a way out. <clears throat> They get to a point where the creature starts circling around them, sizing them up, and we get the fucking coolest, most brutal fight scene ever with these fucking crawlers. Right. And it's so fun. This is it, and it's insane. And it's very, very clever with the kills that are going on. Like, for example, Juno was kneeing one of them in the genitalia <laughs> until it died. Wow. It was bleeding from the mouth and she was kicking it so hard. <laughs> yeah, no, this uh, was definitely an action movie get, at this point, too. I was like, 
Damn. 100%. Like, this was all action, and it's actually a really fun scene that lasts, a, like, a good three minutes or so. It's a really fun scene. Um, But there's nut shots, there's eye gougings, there's a flare that gets stuck in one of, them, one of their mouths. Fucking Sarah bites one of them instead right. on the neck. I saw that. I was like, God, damn, this girl's damn. wild. Savage. Savage. It's fucking insane. But once all of the crawlers are taken down, Sarah grabs the ice axe and holds up holds it up towards Juno. But looking at Juno, she shows her the necklace that was given to Juno from Paul. And Juno now realizes, fuck. She not only knows about Beth, but she also knows about everything else that was probably going on with me and her husband. Got Crazy. It. While looking at Juno, she shows her the necklace, and they are, and there are another, and they hear more crawlers screeching in the distance, coming towards them. Sarah, not taking an eye off of Juno, with the screeching that is even going on around them, <laughs> stabs her in the leg, leaving Juno behind to fight for the rest, um, of her, for to fight her for her life at this point in time. Right. And she just dips. Sarah just is like, cool. Good luck now. GG's. While alone in the while alone in the dark, we get the very, very mediocre CGI to show all the crawlers coming towards Juno and Juno rapidly looking back and forth like, oh my god, they're everywhere. She still had a little bit of a badassery. Like she pulled that shit out she of did. her. She did, she tried. She yeah. she fucking takes the ice the ice axe out of her leg. Exactly. Tries to to use it as a weapon. Like I was like, that's pretty cool. That, much respect. Uh, Sarah keeps it moving and turns around the last, uh, turns around, um, uh, one last time when Juno starts to scream, but she keeps going. She falls down a hole and passes out from the fall. Sarah wakes up, noticing daylight is above her and starts ascending up the bones towards the light. And this scene is actually stunning. The way the light is hitting and reflecting off of the bones. Wow. And, like, all you see is, like, the dust, and you hear her, like, panting, trying to frantically escape out of this situation, and it looks beautiful. This is a very, very beautiful scene. Yeah, it's really well shot, for sure. 100%. Sarah makes it outside and runs to the cars very frantically, and I don't blame her. Like, she's crying. She's very frantic at this point in time. Uh, she's inside and drives like a bat out of hell, trying to get far away from this place as possible. She pulls the car over on the side of the road to let out an exhausting sob. She is snapped out of it by a truck that is honking its horn and blaring by. Sarah rolls the window down to throw up. Because, I mean, what else do you do? And when she sits back down into the car, the ghost of Juno is sitting right next to her and Sarah starts to scream. And then it ends. That's it. Just abruptly done. That's it. Yep. That, then credits. However, that is the U.S. ending. The U.K. ending continues, which we're going to do now. Sarah actually is dreaming at that point in time and wakes back up still in the cave with her daughter, Jessie, calling her while having her birthday cake in front of both of them. When the camera starts to pan away, there's actually nobody there. And it's just the flame of the torch representing the cake. You could still hear all the creatures surrounding and growling and screeching while Sarah is smiling, looking at nothing, stuck inside the cave. Wow. Yep, yep. Then, credits. Now, that ending 
worked great mainly because it was a standalone standalone movie. This movie was made to be a standalone movie. And then obviously that ending got chucked and the US ending is considered to be the real ending. Um just because the real ending for the US was she got out of the cave. Um as the UK ending she stayed in the cave. So for part 2 the real ending is her getting out of the cave. But man what a bonkers ass fucking movie! It was fun. This movie's fun though. Yeah, it's, this is a, such a fun movie. It's a movie where like the pacing's not a problem at all because there's constantly something happening. So yeah, that's also very good for it because I feel like the runtime went by pretty quick, and I felt like I saw a lot of movie in that runtime as well. Like a lot of stuff happens. Yeah, a lot of stuff happens. One hundred percent. A lot. A lot of stuff happens. Um, but I got some motherfucking movie facts movie for facts. you guys. Let's get it, movie facts. But the crawlers were designed to resemble Nosferatu from the film Nosferatu in 1922. There you go. They also had huge white eyes to begin with, but this idea has done away with, bec- uh, with because it looked too silly. I'm glad they took that away. It took three and a half hours in makeup to transform one actor into a crawler, which probably explains why... We didn't have multiple of them. Um, and they also had to shave all of their body hair off. So they were like extra, extra nude. Nice. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Uh, wow. The filmmakers considered it too dangerous to film in an actual cave. Sure, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, it also would have been far too time consuming, so they opted to build one instead. Just in case if you guys thought that was a real cave. Um, I found this one interesting. At around the one minute mark, as stated in the cast commentary in the special edition DVD, Shauna McDonald, Natalie Mendoza, and, um, and Alex Reed did the entire whitewater rafting sequence on their own without any stunt doubles or special effects. Hey. So when they were screaming, those were genuine, genuine screams. <laughs> but it is. Wow. Wow. The appearance of the creatures was kept a secret from the cast members until the first scene in which they encountered them was filmed. When the cast were finally filming the scene where the girls encountered the crawlers, the girls were genuinely scared and screamed the building down, running off set and laughing. <laughs> That's Fuck. cool. So that makes a lot of sense because the first scene that they see them is in the water when it gets holly and they all run to the right. So they, that was them running off of set. That's pretty funny. That's pretty awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, let's see. Let's find a, a nice and juicy one. Uh, at at director Neil, uh, Neil Marshall's insistence, all the people playing the villainous crawlers were professional actors rather than stuntmen or dancers. He wanted them to cultivate a distinct character for their crawler. Although in the finished film, many crawlers only appear for a few seconds. That would have been awesome if we would have seen more colonization for them, like maybe them gathering or congregating or something like that, or maybe even giving them some sort of a language that they kind of speak to each other and not a language like actually talking, just a language like maybe like a like a scream or a certain type of screech or an echolocation kind of kind of thing like a dolphin or a bat would do to another bat or another dolphin. Like I feel like that would have been really, really clever. You know, as you say it, that, it, since he, t- it kind of reminds since he me, took the time to hire these actors. Oh, what's that movie? Jordan Peele's last movie, Us. How like uh, uh-huh. 
the copies had their own type of language and stuff like that, and they interacted with right. each other, that would have been kind of dope. Exactly. Yeah, like the oh, oh, no, no. Yeah, it could work out. Like yeah, it could definitely work out. And um, this reminds me a lot of like Thirty Days of Night, uh, where the vampires had their own system of communication too, and they had their own congregation and they had their own meetings. There were politics to it. Like I feel like if that's what he was trying to accomplish, because that definitely isn't shown in this movie. Like I don't get that at all. Like I, I but if since he took the time to do that, I feel like writing that into the movie of showing that like there is a hierarchy with these with these characters there is a democracy with these uh with these crawlers or these creatures um show that definitely show that like i I feel like that would have been really really cool to to see um but hey it is what it is uh the actors among the female rock climbing crew and the actors who played the cave dwellers were largely kept separate from each other through the shoot including at lunch heightening their ability to play animosity against the other cast Ooh, that's pretty cool Shauna McDonald was slightly claustrophobic, so she found it easy to act scared and panicky while underground. Good. Glad I'm glad that just made you feel more comfortable to to act. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's just found that super interesting. Um uh, I found this actually really fascinating. Every actress in the group is actually from a different country. Shauna McDonald was from was raised in Scotland, but she was born in Malaysia. Natalie Mendoza comes from Hong Kong, but she lived all over the place. Alex Alex Reed was born in England. Um, I guess I should say who these people are. Shauna McDonald played Sarah. Nat- Natalie Mendoza played Juno. Alex Reed played Beth. Um, uh, Saskia Mudler is Re- is Rebecca. She's from the Netherlands. Um, uh, Mayanna Burridge is Sam, and she's originally from Sweden before moving to Great Britain. And Nora Jean Noon is Holly, and she's Irish. That's pretty wild. Um, yeah, super wild. Now, here's my favorite part, because the thing about this movie that gets a lot of people interested is the poster. The poster, just for you guys who don't know what this poster looks like, it is all five women kind of hovering around each other with Sarah on top screaming but they're all in the shape of a skull. It is so well done. So, so, so well done. But the film's poster art was borrowed from a portrait photographer or photograph by Felipe Hosman of Salvador Dali entitled Salvador Dali in in Valapate Mores. The photo itself was inspired by Surrealist Dali's um, female bodies as a skull painting. The same imagery was also used for the poster for The Silence of the Lambs. That's awesome. One more here, and then we're going to go ahead and conclude. I'm going to get a nice and nice and beefy one here. Uh, Neil Marshall cited the films The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Thing, and Deliverance as influences in establishing tension in the film. So there you go. I, did, I, I got the right vibe when I said Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, the director elaborated... Uh, quote, we really wanted to ramp up the tension slowly. Unlike all American horror films you see now, they take it up to 11 in the first few minutes and then simply can't keep it up. We wanted to show all these terrible things in the cave, dark, drowning, claustrophobia. Then when it, when it couldn't get any worse, make it worse. End quote. Marshall also said at the 60, the 63rd Venice International Film Festival that he was inspired by Italian horror films of the past, in particular, those by Dario Argento and Lucio Fulci. 
Fuck, man. Wow. That's crazy. That's incredible. I wish he would have been able to keep that momentum for Hellboy. Right? Okay. So I don't know if this is God too damn. soon for them to ever make a remake of this movie, but if they do, I would love to nominate fucking Danny Boyle because he did 127 hours and he also did 28 days later yeah. and mashing yep. those together. I mean, I think he's the right choice. Just saying. But yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You know what? Fuck it. Let's do. Let, well, how are we doing on time? We're doing good. You know, I got one more. I got one more in me. I'm going to do uh, one more fact here. Um, The let's you know what? Let's do. Let's do this one. S- similar to deliverance thematically in the way we the, in the way we have a group of friends doing a back to nature type camping trip which devolves into a grim survivalist horror show for everyone involved pitting man against nature and man against man both movies also take place on and around the appalachian mountains in the carolinas although the descent is a supernatural horror show the del- and deliverance is a realistic horror movie one one movie focusing on self-sacrifice and motherhood, the other on rape and revenge. The uh, villains in uh, the villains in one movie being subterranean demons, the other being almost mutant like inbred sexual sexual predatory mountain men. The cast of the of the descent being almost entirely female, and the cast of Deliverance being all men. The movies certainly have profound differences, but with their grim survivalist feeling. The essential toughness both stories have about them, the fact that both movies have similar tone and message about the importance of facing the abyss and building character, highlight that both movies are proudly similar as well. So initially, a lot of people do classify this movie being very close to Deliverance, um, and it is. Deliverance is, is interesting, but it's definitely more realistic take for sure. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, let's do a, let, let's do one spoilerly, spoiler uh, one. Um, for the trivia f- facts, prior to the release of the sequel, it is speculated amongst among fans that the crawlers may have been a figment of Sarah's imagination and that she actually killed all her friends as she gradually went insane. Director Neil Marshall acknowledged this theory as p- a possibility and revealed that he removed a shot of a silhouetted crawler during Sarah's hospital hallucination since it would have been too obvious, um, suggesting that the crawlers were not real. That's crazy. Fuck. Holy shit. That would have been really cool. Like, that would have been a, a really interesting fact, but... Wow. Like, could you imagine if she was doing the one doing all the killings? Right. That'd be kind of cool. That'd Holy be a good shit. twist. But that know. would be a really interesting Callers twist. Callers are too good to, like, say it's fake. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but let us know. What do you think about The Descent over on Twitter at GoodnightLife and that's Night with a K? Okay. By all means, we want to know what you what you think about this movie. This movie, to, to obviously, both Freddie and I really enjoyed this movie, but I want to know what you guys think. I, both Freddie and I want to know what you guys think. So let us know what you guys think over there. The next movie that we do have on our list is actually going to be a remake from 2003. And that is going to be The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, everybody. I, spoiler alert, fucking love the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. I will die on that hill. The main reason why I'm spoiling that for you now is because I've said this multiple times on Twitter. So, there you go. But, this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. Alongside me, we had Freddy. Always stay spoopy. 
always and forever, also known as Nighty Night. Our efforts to get our show out is not enough. We need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us with five stars is very helpful, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife. That's like with a what? Okay. <laughs> By pledging on Patreon, you'll have access to the show as early as Monday. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightmare.